Well, it's becoming something of a thing we do that when a long-standing faculty member retires, when I'm able, I like to take the chance to sit down with him or her and have a conversation about their time at the university over the years. So today we are joined by former assistant professor Gail Benchner from the School of Business. Gail is now retired, I think officially, and I'm really interest, interested to hear Gail not only look back, but also forward, as I'm always interested to hear what's, what's next with her in her future, but of course also about the past of her time at Cairn. Uh, so Gail, thanks for being willing to take a few minutes of what I am sure is still a very busy schedule, though in retirement, uh, but taking your time to talk with us. I'm really happy to be here. Gail, let's let's go back to what what's the story with you and Karen? How long have you been at Karen and how did it come about that you came to the university? I had just moved from California in 2000 and um, I had found out that about Karen University um, it was called Philadelphia Biblical at the time and through a friend at church and that they were looking for adjunct professors and so I applied in 2003 and, and was hired and then in Moved to full-time in 2007, 2008, and so I've been there about 17 years at Cairn. Okay, so we're going back to the early 2000s here. I'm curious, uh-huh. and I'm sure especially many of your former students would be curious too, what changes have you seen in, in the business world overall, um, the School of Business at Cairn, but also just just generally for those who are in the business field over these many years that you've you've been at the university, I know that's probably a lot to try to pack into one one question because there's uh, or one answer. There's a lot of years represented there, but uh, any thoughts on that? Yes, I certainly do. Um, when I started to teach in the school of business, uh, the changes in the advent of social media really changed the business landscape, and it required companies and nonprofits to learn about really clear communication. So that was going to influence my teaching. So that actually the advent of the digital age really brought more emphasis on the written word because every word has to be clear. It has to be communicating exactly what you want to say. And if you don't do a good job at that, companies can really get into trouble. So um, I think the advent of social media really affected my teaching and what we were teaching at the university. I think when uh, LinkedIn came on the scene, social networking for business then became really important. So now there's over 660 uh, million members. When I first started to talk about LinkedIn, there were just a few hundred thousand. Now in the School of Business, every single student as a second semester freshman develops a LinkedIn profile. They learn how to really capture their personal brand in writing, both in a resume and on LinkedIn. They can post their materials, their work that they've done for school. And this will be over something like 95% of companies, as students are looking for jobs, will look for LinkedIn profiles. So it's absolutely critical. That has really changed since when I first began teaching. I think that's been a very positive. So then students see the practical application of really being a good written communicator. I think the second thing that I really saw was the birth of the ethics industry. And that really term was coined in 2005, and I started in 2003. Um, That came out of all the business scandals at the beginning of 2000, 2001, 2002, WorldCom, Enron. uh, Legislation was passed, the Sarbanes-Oxley legislation. That really influenced how businesses could operate. And so we took took very seriously the importance of talking about ethics in every single class in the School of Business. 
What that meant was that whether the student was in accounting or marketing or a foundations of business class, they were wrangling with ethical dilemmas. They had to address those, how they would handle that. Um, and then we talked about creating an ahead of time before you go out in the working world, an ethical base from which to operate. And as Christians, it's fantastic because we have an absolute guide, the Bible, uh, that talks about what is truth and what is right. And so a student can come out of the program at Cairn for their first internship or their business and talk about their ethical base. Totally resonates with companies and organizations now. They want students who have an understanding of ethics, and our students have a very clear understanding after four years spending time talking about it, studying it, and developing an ethical base from which to operate in all their business decisions. So those are the two big changes that I saw in the time that I was at Karen in the School of Business. Those are great. Now, did I, did I understand you correctly that you were suggesting that the advent of the digital age actually made uh, written communication, the, you know, that kind of more classical skill, almost that much more important? It did. And so there's been lots of research on that. And the concept is that if you have a misstep in your communication and it ends up on social media or you publish something, whether it's on um, Instagram or it might be Facebook or it could be on LinkedIn, companies have made many missteps in communication on how they're communicating maybe their marketing message or the, even their uh, ethical base, um, their uh, mission. And if they don't do it well, and they don't do it well in writing, it's going to appear somewhere now with social media and it can really make or break a company. So one, one more follow-up on that. I find that really interesting. You're saying that writing and being a, a strong writer is really, really important for success in business. Absolutely. When I speak with students and have the opportunity to talk with them about how important writing was in business, they usually are very surprised at that. They come in thinking, oh, that's for English class, or that's for my classes in theology. Now I'm in business, I thought it was going to be more facts and figures and, and analysis and maybe strategy. Actually, finding the right word, just the right word, using clear language uh, that is going to be understood in a global audience, those are all key for being successful in business. That's great. Yeah, I, I wanted to press you a little bit on that because I almost feel like now we have a pull quote to embolden our English teachers who are often discouraged with the question of, well, why does this matter? And, you know, well, I'm just going to go into business and make tons of money. But what we find is that written communication is really critical. And so we have a successful uh, woman from business on, on uh, record now saying that is critical. Do I understand you actually have a BA in English? Is that right? Wasn't that your background? That's right. So one of my degrees is in English. And so um, I thought that was a strength. And I actually came into the business program originally because one of the business communications instructors, which is the course that I ended up teaching, was saying, I'm just not sure about how to really help them become better writers and how to help them understand English uh, in a way that's going to be useful for the business audience. And so I said, well, I can do that. So, um, yeah. you know, we've developed some really good programs for that. Developed uh, a writing rubric for the School of Business uh, a few years ago, which brings, again, attention back that writing is important and instructors then follow that and students learn that freshman year and then they can pursue that as they move through all their assignments. That's great. Well, moving on to some other business-related things, for those who are currently in business, what would you counsel as the single greatest thing that each person should strive for, which might most contribute to their success 
as a person in the business field? I'm going to answer that in two ways because I think there's, I would have answered this differently pre-COVID. I would, I would now add something now that we're in the midst of COVID. So I'll start with what I would always say. And I would say pursue excellence. And, but you have to look to the Bible to see what that really means. So much of our society focuses on mediocrity and getting by. And a true distinctive will that be that person who's pursuing excellence in whatever opportunity they have. Uh, I go back to Philippians 4.8 and just the, the wonderful values that are there. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. But I think the key here is that Paul the Apostle, when he says that, ends with this. He ends with a call. He says, whatever you have learned, put into practice. So it's not about just thinking about it. It's actually putting into practice. So what does that mean? I think the call to college students as in the business field is to, beginning freshman year, do everything with excellence to focus on that call because when you then are ready to move into your first career, you will have developed that habit of working for excellence. Um, it, it's encouraging for us to all know as workers that God doesn't care so much about your job. He cares about how you're doing your job. I can give you a very brief example of where I really saw this play out. I had the opportunity to supervise over 200 interns when I was in the School of Business. So I was out on the job with interns, at least visiting them one time, uh, oftentimes on conference calls. So I had a really opportunity to see what was going on in the business world, which really influenced my teaching in the classroom. I had one student who was hired by the World Trade Center of Philadelphia. We do have one in Philadelphia. And he was the only Cairn student who was hired. All the rest of the students who were hired as interns were from another large university in Philadelphia, and I, I won't mention the name. Uh, he was hired because he spoke another language fluently, and they really needed someone who had that language background as they were developing materials for how Americans can do business with some foreign countries. But the first day on the job, he and the other interns were gathered together, and they, uh, the supervisor said, you are going to be putting together thousands of invitations, and you're going to be doing it by hand. They're very sophisticated, very fancy. They have to be stuffed by hand and mailing them. That's going to be your very first week. Well, that's not exactly what an intern wants to hear, <laughs> that they're going to be put in a room to do this kind of thing. Um, and so what happened was, there was a lot of grumbling, but our intern from Karen decided that he would do this job with excellence. And he went into that room with the other interns who are now on their phones, taking breaks for coffee, kind of only doing things when the supervisor would come in, and he just put his nose to the grindstone and did the work. After that time, and that was done, this student had a phenomenal experiences at the World Trade Center. He wrote a whole guidebook on how to do business with Russia, for example, and just had really great experiences. At the end of the summer, the president of this other university in Philadelphia invited all the business interns to his home for dinner and gave what he called the internship uh, award for business students. Only our student from Cairn was the only student who was there. All, all the others were, were from this President's University. Our student got the, got the award. And the remarkable story about this, and the student was very humble. I took a lot for him to tell me this story when I went in to see him. But he said, I had no idea anyone was paying attention. 
I had no idea the supervisor was really aware. And I didn't brag. I didn't talk about it. I actually didn't criticize any of my fellow workers. I just got the work done. And the president commented at this dinner, why did it take a student from another university to get that award? <laughs> and it was really a phenomenal story. I could tell you five, oh, dozens of, you know, probably dozens of stories like this. Um, it was so encouraging when I go to the workplace to see our Cairn students and how they would perform, often with other interns from larger universities, perhaps more well-known universities. It was the Cairn students who stood out for their work ethic, for their focus on excellence. It's something that we talk about in the classroom all the time, and we expect in the work that they do. That's great. Totally baked into the mission of the university as well. That's a great example yes, of fulfilling yes, our mission. Yes. Excellent. Well, uh, back to books for a second. Well, before books, I wanted to ask you about classes. Uh, at Cairn, was there a particular class that was your favorite to teach and why? Yes, it was. It was business communications. I, I um, taught mostly freshmen in a Foundations of Business course. It was absolutely wonderful um, because we started with how to run a business. We did a business simulation. I love that as well, but I think business communications because it was really practical. The students um, learned about global communications, and then they focused on how they were communicating themselves and their personal brand. That's when they were developing their resumes, they were developing their LinkedIn profiles, they were developing interviewing skills. And then they practically applied those in that seminar that we have called RIDE, R-I-D-E, Resume, Interview, Dress, and Etiquette, which is professional preparation. And we start that freshman year. So students were, were seeing right away how the words that they would write, the words that they would say, really made a difference in how business professionals, we, the school would bring in um, you know, 40 to 50 business professionals in order to practice their interviewing with and critique their resumes. So this was real world work. And I, I loved being part of that. I loved being part of students saying, wow, now I know what I need to do. And now I know as a freshman that I don't have a lot of, on my resume or I don't have a lot of LinkedIn profile. Now I have a real direction about what I need to do because now I know the expectations. So I think that class, because it was so practical and I could see students just move from that student now to that looking towards a professional career and being excited about it and being enthused, enthusiastic when they got so much support from these interviewers who would come in to say, you know, you've got lots of potential. Here's what you need to do. It was just exciting to see the growth. We've already talked about the importance of writing for business people, which um, to some may be a little bit of a surprise. So here's, here's another one. Um, I was thinking from your, your vantage point and then learning more about your background in, in English, um, I'm really curious to hear what your answer is to this. What if you could recommend one book for those who engage in business, former students, of course, but, but anybody, what, what would that, that be and why? And I said, in my question, I said, excluding the Bible. Obviously, that's absolutely foundational, but I wanted to see what would be the other one that you would uh, recommend. Today, story is everything for business, um, an engaging story. And this is, by the way, very important for nonprofits. So even though we're in the business program, business is different than nonprofit, right? But there's many similarities. So when I'm using business, I'm also talking about nonprofits. So the ability to tell stories that will stick, that will make the message clear. Um, and so one of the books that I really love, and it was actually published in 2008 originally, 2007, 2008, 
continues to be uh, a book that we've used at the university in several classes called Made to Stick by Chip and Dan Heath. They've done lots of other books in business are well that are excellent. Um, these are researchers from Stanford and Duke that talked about what people remember about what companies do and how and nonprofits do and found that those who can develop engaging stories and now because of social media they have to be very visual the message has to be clear um, people that it resonates with people and it will resonate with we're in the relationship era of business and nonprofits so developing those relationships is going to mean developing great stories that are true, that resonate with the client or the consumer or the nonprofit donor, and that's going to be distinctive. So that's one of the books. It's a fun read. It's got lots of examples, and I think it's very accessible for students to really dig in so that they begin to see that the, the stories they develop are going to have a huge impact. What would you say is the thing that gave you the greatest joy over your years at Cairn? I had the joy of working with freshmen and then with juniors and seniors as an internship supervisor. And I did that for almost 10 years, the internship supervising section, till 2018. So I would see the beginning student, and then I would see that student as they're about to launch. Uh, internships are required in the School of Business, so that means a student has to be in a nonprofit or a business before they graduate. They actually have a job, whether it's paid or unpaid, they're gonna be working. And for a lot of them, it's their first professional experience. So seeing their growth, seeing that by the time they were ready to launch, that they were professional, they understood what professional demeanor was, they understood professional writing, they understood professional communication, they understood servant leadership, they understood that even when given a task that's not particularly exciting, they would do it with their whole heart, knowing that there was something more in the future to go for. So I think it's the growth that I saw in students and just the development. Sometimes it was just astounding to me to see the transformation, and it was exciting. And I, I would also say growth in, spirit, in their spiritual life as well that definitely influenced all of their decisions and the way that they went about planning their future career. Well, you're retired now, Gail, from right. Karen. What's <laughs> next for you? So, you know, it's interesting, uh, and I didn't mention get to, to talk about this earlier, but um, I think one thing I've learned in during COVID is the important to be very agile and not to be fragile. And I think a lot of my students, when I was teaching, they, they sent the sense of fragility. You know, things have changed. This is hard. Um, and I think for myself, it's now what do I need to do differently? How am I going to be adaptable and flexible? So What's happening that I never would have expected is that there are people in my family um, who are going to be homeschooling their children. And so I've decided that I would, and asked if they'd like me to help out. So I'm now, I've homeschooled one of my sons for four years in elementary school, a long time ago. He's now a partner at Vanguard. So he's, you know, well uh, launched, but he has children. And uh, then I have another set of children as well. And they're all trying to grapple with what school's going to be like in the fall. So I've decided to, to I asked them, would you like me to help? So I'm going to be their resource person. I'm going to be, I'm starting, I'm learning and studying a lot about how to engage young minds when they're not only on Zoom or Google Classroom the whole time and how to continue to encourage them. And the, the, the children are really excited about it. So I'm excited about that too. So Rather than make a long-term plan, that's my short-term plan for the fall. We'll see you after that. Well, in closing, 
what word would you like to leave with the many, many students who have studied under you over these many years? You know, in my office, um, I always had this on my desk. It's just a little cross, and it said, um, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. I would have students that would come in who would just be nervous about their future, not knowing where they were going to go, not knowing what their plan was. And I would say to them, really take this to heart. Um, God will direct your path. It may not be what you thought. It may not be your plan, but it will be his plan. And it may not be a straight line. I think a lot of students think that their line in a career is a straight line, and it's not. It can, it can zig and zag. I would also talk to the students about casting your net wide. You know, Jesus asked the, uh, the fishermen to cast their net to bring in the fish. So it doesn't mean just sit and wait for a job, you know, to, to land in your lap or a fish to land on that boat. You're going to need to do some work to see what's out there and to cast your net wide. And God's going to bring in what he wants to bring in at this point in your life. It may not be forever, but for now, it's what he will have for you. If in all your ways you're acknowledging him, he will direct your path. That's great advice. Gail, thanks. I have for thanks for joining us. I have to tell you, this was a really easy podcast for me to determine that we really needed to do because many, many business alumni have told me that they owe so much of what they have accomplished in business to you specifically. And the affection and appreciation they have for you is really heartwarming, but also really encouraging to see as we already noted in the podcast here today, how the mission of Karen has played out over the years through you and so many other faculty members and also the way in which you've discipled students. And this is something, as you know, we are redoubling our efforts on right now. And this has really quite obviously borne much fruit. So it's a great encouragement. So thank you for your service. And uh, no doubt our business alumni will not forget you and the impact that you have made on them. Well, you may have been a former student of Assistant Professor Benchner. And so if you'd like to pay tribute to her, I would like to give you the chance to do that and also to possibly win a free copy of the book that she mentioned and suggested that you read. Although you may have already read it, but you can have a second copy. And the way to do that is to drop a note uh, of tribute to her and the impact she has made uh, any place where you see this podcast posted. And if we see uh, your tribute there, we'll make sure that she sees that and also enter your name into a drawing to win a copy of, of that book. Thank you again for joining us, Gail. Congratulations on your retirement and what's next and your homeschooling endeavors and wherever else your path leads. And thank you to alumni for listening. <laughs>